Chapter 4. Why should we be content? Having explained the nature of contentment, I now want to give you some reasons that may convince you to be content. The first is that it is God's precept. It is commanded to us as a duty. Be content with such things as ye have. Hebrews 13, 5. The same God who has commanded us to believe has commanded us to be content. If we do not obey, we run ourselves into the spiritual offense of challenging God's authority. God's Word is a sufficient warrant. It has authority in it and must be a sacred order to suspend discontent. Ipse dixit was enough among Pythagoras' scholars. Be it enacted is the royal style. God's Word must be the star that guides and His will the weight that moves our obedience. His will is law and has enough majesty in it to captivate us into obedience. Our hearts must not be more agitated than the raging sea which at His word is stilled. The second argument for contentment is God's promise. He has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Hebrews 13, 5. Here God has pledged Himself under His own seal for our necessary provisions. If a king should say to one of his subjects, I will take care of you, as long as I have any crown revenue, you will be provided for. If you are in danger, I will secure you. If in need, I will supply you. Would not that subject be content? Look, God has here made a promise to the believer, and, as it were, entered into bond for his security. I will never leave thee. Leave thy fatherless children, I will preserve them alive. Jeremiah 49.11. Will this not charm down the devil of discontent? Imagine a godly man on his deathbed, very uneasy, and hear him in pain asking what will become of his wife and children when he is dead and gone. They may come to poverty, says God, but do not trouble yourself. Be content, I will take care of your children. Let your widow trust in me. God has made a promise to us. He will not leave us, and has extended the promise to our wife and children. Will this not satisfy? True faith will take God's word without calling for witnesses. The third reason to be content is that our condition is by virtue of a decree. Whatever our condition is, God, the umpire of the world, has from everlasting decreed that condition for us and, by his providence, ordered all that comes with it. A Christian should often ask himself who has placed him where he is, whether it is in a high position or in a low one. It's not chance or fortune, as the blind heathens imagined. No, it is the wise God who, by his providence, has put me where I am. We must act out that scene in which God has placed us. Do not say someone else has done this to me. Do not look too much at the underwheel, the secondary causes. We read in Ezekiel of a wheel in the middle of a wheel, Ezekiel 1.16. God's decree is the cause of the turning of the wheels, and His providence is the inner wheels that move all the rest. God's providence is the helm that turns around the whole ship of the universe. Say then, as holy David said to the Lord, I was dumb, I opened not my mouth, because thou didst it. Psalm 39, 9. 
God's providence, which is nothing else but the carrying out of His decree, should be a counterweight against discontent. God has set us in our station, and He has done it in wisdom. We suppose a certain condition of life is good for us, but if we were our own carvers, we would often cut the worst piece. Lot, told to choose, chose Sodom, which soon after was burned with fire. Genesis 13, 19. Rachel very much wanted to have children. Give me children, or else I die. Genesis 30, 1. But delivering a child cost Rachel her life. Genesis 30, 35. Abraham was in earnest for Ishmael. Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. Genesis 17, 18. But he had little comfort from either him or his descendants. He was born a son of strife. His hand was against every man, and every man's hand against him. Genesis 16:12. The disciples wept because Christ said he was leaving the world. They chose his bodily presence. But it was best for them that Christ be gone, otherwise, the Comforter will not come. John 16, 7. David chose the life of his child. He wept and fasted for it. 2 Samuel 12, 16. But if the child had lived, it would have been a perpetual monument of his shame. We often stand in our own light. If we were responsible to decide and distribute our own comforts, we would often get it wrong. Is it not good for the child that the parent chooses for her? If she were left to herself, she would perhaps choose a knife to cut her own finger. A man having a convulsion may call for wine, which, if he had it, would be little better than poison. It is better for the patient to do what his physician has directed. The understanding that God's decree determines and His providence disposes all things that happen should work our hearts to holy contentment. The wise God has ordered our condition. If He sees it better for us to abound, we will abound. If He sees it better for us to be in need, we will be in need. Be content to be at God's disposal. God sees in His infinite wisdom that the same condition is not convenient for all. That which is good for one may be bad for another. One season of weather will not serve everyone's needs. One needs sunshine, another rain. One condition of life will not fit every person any more than one suit of apparel will fit everybody. Prosperity is not fit for all, neither is adversity. If one person is brought low, perhaps he can bear it better. He has a greater supply of grace, more faith, and patience. He can gather grapes of thorns, Matthew 7, 16, and pick some comfort out of the cross. Not everyone can do this. Another person may be seated in an eminent place of dignity. He may be more suited for it. Perhaps it is a place that requires more judgment than some are capable of. Perhaps he can use his estate better because he has a public heart as well as a public station in life. The wise God sees a condition to be bad for one that is good for another, so he places people in different stations and circles, some higher, some lower. One person desires health, but God sees sickness is better for him. God will work health out of sickness by weakening the body of death. Romans 7:24. Another person desires liberty, but God sees restraint better for him. He will work his liberty by restraint. When his feet are bound, his heart will be enlarged. If we believed this, 
it would check the sinful disputes and objections of our hearts. Should I be discontented by that which is enacted by a decree and ordered by a providence? Will you be God's child or a rebel?